Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We've got Mr. Stuart Whiffin from Off The Beaten Track and Hardcore Listing. Uh, he is a businessman. I think we could call you a businessman. Ooh, la uh, and I think you can add editor to your list as well now. Correct. Because you're an editor of Pod Bible as well. Uh, he is a musician and songwriter. Was. Was. Well, we still count it. What else are you? A, a family man? Your mate. And, and my oldest and best friend uh, to add to boot. So we're going to start the hour now. We know how it goes. There's an hour's worth of us talking mostly about our feelings, but we don't know if we're going to, you know, we'll see how we get on today. Um, yeah, we do an hour. Um, after an hour, it stops and we end when the alarm goes off. It is like an hour uh, in the therapist's chair. My name's Nick Noyes, as you should know by now. Um, my colleague over here is now called Brad Action. Yeah, thanks for ever come like up that. with that name. Because <laughs> oh, Nick Noyes is like a proper rock star yeah. sounding name. I know Brad, I suppose, is all right in some sort of circles, yeah. but we come up with like Bad Brad, I just sounded like an ultimate paedophile. Yeah. Um, like a few Brad, other names. Yeah. And someone was like, just Brad Action. Yeah. I was like, that sounds all right. And all I've got to do is change the eye, like by Depot. So it only costs like 50 quid or whatever. So Are I'll you get actually going to change out. it by Depot? Yeah, I'll get that sorted out. Are you really? Right. Well, I've got to take it seriously, haven't I? So. Brad Action, I really like that. I think the kids will like it too. That's so. fucking well. What, are you going to change their names well, as well? It's, it's only fair. <laughs> Can't have different names, can they? So I think it'll be all right. Work out fine. I didn't know if you were. I mean, you seem very progressive as a couple. I wondered if uh, they had, like, you and your wife's surname. What, like a double barrel yeah. thing? Acton, what's that's too much? Far too much. My friend Ashley's got that. Ashley's uh, Ashley Smith Clements. Yeah, it does sound like quite. I like how classy it sounds. Yeah, I always think it sounds. It depends how classy you are, though. I'm not very classy, so. Nah, and that, Brad I, Action works for you. Yeah, Brad, Brad Action, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Brad a, Action Watson. 
Just no, don't work, mate. But like Brad Action, like low budget porn star. Yeah, I think that like yeah. caravan legend. Double barrel James, we ain't we're not posh enough. No, no. Brad anal action. Anal action. <laughs> Chad action. Chad action. Oh. What changed the first? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Well, it's up for debate anyway, and it yeah. changes every every episode. So who knows what it'll be I, next I week? Think maybe we should stick with action because I think that's cool. Yeah, I like it. So it's what episode right. is this? This is episode number. Eight. Eight. Wow. Yeah. Has, eight. It, has it you've been having fun? Ah, oh, so good. Amazing. The response is mental. Um from people that we wouldn't have expected to normally yeah. have that sort of response from. Um and it's just nice to know that people are actually listening to it. Mm-hmm. We said if we can like get one person listening to it, um, then we've sort of made it, which I know is a bad business model for a podcast. Yeah. And we've had more than one, which is good. And we've had seven. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, we've had loads. I'm not going to say a minute because I want it to be like a nice surprise when we do. Yeah, Obviously, we'll tell you later. But like for, yeah. for the listener, I think um, we'll save that surprise. Yeah, we always but, keep our numbers ourselves but it's nice to it's see him coming in and what's mad as well was when i sent that picture didn't i of the different places around the world that people are listening um so if you're listening today big up the israel massive and uh, our friends in out of mongolia um, someone in out of mongolia yeah yeah so uh thanks for listening i wish i knew your native tongue um, maybe I don't need to because you've listened to like the whole episode. So I mean, if they didn't understand English, then that would have been that's a devoted listener. Yeah, I mean that's a, I mean I like to think our listeners would be that devoted to the point that they yeah. don't even need to understand what we're actually saying. Yeah, they can they can fucking understand me. That's a good shout actually. Maybe that's what yeah, it is. I'm like in a parallel, slurry at best of times. In a parallel yeah. dimension, like what you're actually saying makes perfect sense in Mon- Mongolian. Oh yeah. yeah. Don't they do uh, talking with their throats and that? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like they do do that, don't they? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> when, when I messaged you about coming on, yeah, one of the things I was particularly interested in is uh, about... that. Well, for starters, you're one of the most manly men I know. You think so? Yeah, I, I think, think you're very manly. Okay. And, why, uh, why do you say that? Well, like, you do uh, exercise... Right. Diet wise, um, maybe I'll do exercise to keep my mental health where it should be. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a good point. So it's like, uh, yeah, how do you keep on track? Because you do so many different things. Yeah. This is what occurs to me. You like you're the busiest, hardest working person I know. I'm a plate spinner. Yeah, you are. Yeah. But like, whenever if anyone ever says anything, like they say, "What's going on, Stuart?" I'm like. He's a grafter. He's yeah. busy. Mm. I thought you say he's a grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't say a, nothing to him. Don't tell him nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks a grass. Yeah. Why would you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> but like grafter is definitely like, it's, I've always known you to work hard. Yeah. I've never known you to do anything but work your ass off. Yeah. And then last time we spoke, you were like really, really busy, like non-stop yeah. busy. So how do you... For starters, if I get like that, if I'm really busy, I, I, and I don't kind of make time to kind of get my head together, I go downhill quite quickly. Yeah. So that was one thing that you do is like you you exercise and that helps you keep sane. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I I wouldn't necessarily say that I struggle with my mental health. I'd, I'd say that I'm generally quite well. Yeah. Um, but if I feel low, it's quite instant. If I have a run or I go and box, that I come out of there and I feel 
completely lifted and as much as I'm tired and I think I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And I'm, you know, millions and millions of people feel like that. You know, they get up and some people go to the gym and just the thought of it is just like, oh, but then obviously the minute you've done it and you come out, you feel yeah. like you've done something and you, your, your body feels better and your mind feels better. And, and I think what I've also tried to do as well is, you know, we, we spent many years in a, in a Renault traffic van driving up and down the country and, yeah, we did. and, and drinking a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, and that continued long after the band, you know, we've, you know, we, I'll say we've been friends for years and, and, and Brad's obviously, I've known Brad probably close to 10 years now. Yeah, probably not far off that now. Yeah, um, jeez. Feels like a life sentence. Just to point out to anyone who doesn't know, me and Stuart used to be in a band together yeah. called Lilo. Um, and we did it for quite a few years and we did pretty well. We played right. some amazing gigs and we, we got the tour up and down the country and it was like lots of fun. But yeah, indeed, lots and lots of drinking. Yeah, and, and I found sometimes I was almost getting into the habit of getting in from work and waiting till the kind of kids had gone to bed and then pouring myself a large like, whiskey and coke. And all of a sudden it was like starting to kind of be every night. Now, as much as that's not a lot of alcohol... It was something that it was becoming a habit just to think, oh, they're going to go to bed and I'll go and have a drink. I wouldn't get drunk, but I would have a big whiskey and Coke. And it was like, and then I'd wake up feeling a bit lethargic with a lot of stuff to do. And then I couldn't arrange, my, my, my thoughts weren't as, what's the word, um, aligned as maybe they should have been to kind of have to do quite a few things in, in one day. So yeah. I, I stepped back from that quite a lot so you've been laying off the booze yeah yeah I've I've, uh, I've been doing intermittent fasting and stuff like that as well so I've heard a lot my of wife's that. doing that and yeah. she's lost loads of, she's lost like about two stone yeah nearly three I think from that so I only eat six hours a day like that, that's that's what I do six hours a day <laughs> yeah I'll go what to one of them restaurants called Spoons where you can just eat all you want yeah. I'll just stay in there for six hours by the ice cream machine <laughs> no I just I, I've, I've literally been in it a couple of weeks now and and it's just about getting in that state of ketosis and, and, and but yeah I'm sure it's probably what Sarah's doing but um yeah, I'm just enjoying that at the moment. And, and again, if I eat a bit better, I feel better as well. If I eat shit and drink, I wake up and feel shit. Things are so easy to do, and it's really yeah. easy to just go and grab whatever and then whatever drink or whatever. And yeah. it is self-perpetuating. I'm in that trap at the moment. Like I say, a bottle of wine is like a can of Coke for me now. Yeah. And it's like every day, and then like you look at it Saturday morning, you think, oh, I'll just have a little bit or whatever. And then before you know it, it's kind of taken over. Yeah. But the worst thing I'm finding at the moment is everything is all right. Like it doesn't seem to be affecting anything. And it's almost quite scary because I think this is going to come on top, I think, at some stage. Do you stage. think if you didn't do it, you'd see the difference? Oh, totally. Yeah, of course. But it's it's kind of a concern of like, I think where everything is so on top and so busy at the moment, um, the time that you do get, I want to completely relax. It's normally like eight, nine o'clock at night by the time the kids have got to sleep or whatever. Yeah. She'll put something on Netflix and I've got like a little window of like 10 minutes where I'll either fall asleep or I can kind of have a drink and I feel a little bit kind of buzzing, a bit excited kind of thing. So I'm, 
kind of in that trap at the moment. But why, why do you have a drink? I don't know. I think because you have a cup of cup of tea or, or you know or a soft drink. I do. If I'm I, not judging. I, do, no, I just no. want to know why. Yeah, you this chose is what that. this you, is for. Right. No, because we. I do. Because I've done. I've done exactly the same for years and years and years. Yeah, right? and I find myself wanting to do that something else. Like I've been saying to Nick the last few times, like, lift lift it up. That's and make that little yeah somehow. That little something else. Like if I do, I'll have a coffee because it almost feels like I shouldn't have a coffee at eight o'clock at night because of that weird coffee roll, or whatever. That don't really affect me. But I used to. Uh, so for 10 years, I drank, what, two bottles of wine a day at night time. Wow. And uh, I'm the worst I ever saw you. <laughs> there's been some bad times. Was when I, when I thought, that's not right, was we, we went, it was, I was with, I've met my wife. Um, and you, you, we, we, I think that the band had finished um, and you were still drinking two bottles of wine a night. And and I remember that we went to the cinema and I said, oh, we're going to watch that film. And you went, what time does it finish? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And it was like, you was working at if you could have two bottles of if wine after the film. Yeah. Wow. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I totally. thought, that's really bad. Like, oh, still, that's that's stuck in my yeah, head. I didn't used to like going to the cinema in those days because uh, it would be all right if we went early, but essentially... I used to always want to start drinking by 10. And like there was times when uh, I'd go out and be out a lot later and then still come home and still get that wine in before I went to sleep. Yeah. It's almost just to knock me out to go to bed. And um, the funny thing is, uh, you were saying, from what you were saying, was that when I actually stopped drinking, I did feel better for a while. Mm. Um, but now I can't say it makes any difference. Yeah, makes very little difference to me. I can still like being a miserable wanker. Just I, it, I think it, uh, if I so what I don't do anymore now. What I, and I think this is fairly new was that if I was off of work, so I was off of work for a week, we went on holiday, or you know any reason I was off of work, I would still revert. I'd revert back to that behaviour. So it could be the Easter holidays, say the ones that just gone, and then I would revert back to sitting up really late drinking two bottles of wine and feeling like shit the next day. I don't do that anymore. And that, that has only probably been over the last year that I've stopped yeah. doing that. And um, generally, I do feel a bit better as a result. Yeah. Uh, as in physically, I feel better. And like, I feel more able. Like I can look after my kids better rather than all just feeling like fucking hard work. Yeah. But I can still get... driving really after them two bottles of wine is a nightmare, It gets isn't it? really tricky, especially in the dark. <laughs> I wouldn't do it's that. nightmare. Can't find the headlights. I oh, didn't do on. that. Not again. <laughs> no, I'm really strict with that. But I, mean, I imagine in the mornings I was probably... Yeah. Yeah, I probably weren't fit. Or if well. you actually, like, breathalyzed yourself. Yeah, they no, do I, say I sometimes... Because like I know. Yeah. I know I'm over. Yeah. I don't condone drink driving. No, not at all. It's a rubbish hobby. But like I know I'm over. Mm. But how do you then manage everything? How do you kind of keep motivated? Because like motivation is a massive thing, especially when you're feeling miserable. Getting the motivation to get up and do things. Like I used to quite regularly in my dark days be four hours late for work. Because just getting up and getting to work was like the hardest fucking thing in the world. I was hungover and I was miserable. So how do you keep motivated to keep going on and keep up with everything you're doing? What motivates you, Stuart? Um, 
don't know. I always, that lyric, I'm so close to being more than I've ever been, just resonates with me all the time. Who's that? Six by seven. And, and I just think I want to be more of what I can be. And, and I think maybe set an example of my kids because I think my dad being someone that had a few jobs and set up businesses, lost businesses and restarted businesses inspired me a lot. I could see that. Seeing that, like I remember thinking that was, that was, you know, really interesting to, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, it makes you proud when you sort of, you see people that, are, you know, and I like, I like, I like people with like drive. I, I, I do find like if I meet someone like that, this, this got to me, there's, there's walkers and talkers. And if I see a talk a walker, I'm like, I'm, I, I get excited because, um, and the reason I met you was through your brother-in-law. Uh, yeah. Great. Who, yeah who's, right. who's very yeah. much a walker. Doer, oh, mate, so, he's something and, else. And yeah. yeah and, and, true. And Shout for, out to Craig's. Yeah, and 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 I just things like that where people are just like, well, should we just fucking do it? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, because so many people sit and talk about, oh, I might do this, I might do this, I might do this, and mm. it's like, time goes so fucking quick. Oh, mate, and unbelievable! It's like, just fucking do it. If yeah. you do it and it goes wrong, no one so gives wrong. a fuck. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like I can swear on this podcast. Totally, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah knock yeah. you, knock no. yourself out. Um, just don't say cunt. I won't say cunt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, and I just think like I, I wish I had some really deep, interesting answer for for what motivates me. But I don't. I feel I just want to be, you know, uh, more than I am. It's funny because, uh, like, obviously we've known each other many years, and I think there's been times in the life when I've just kind of just followed you, and um but you've also kind of, uh, I've learned a lot from you over the years and from kind of seeing everything you've been doing with the podcast and having a go, you know, doing it with you a little bit, I was just like, I, I, I want to do my own one. Yeah. So I'm just going to fucking do it. Like, yeah. what, what's the worst that can happen? There is nothing. And it's like, and, you know, that kind of inspired me because, yeah, just go and do it. And other stuff has kind of happened off the back of it. And it's like, if you put yourself out there, you show that you've got, fuck, you're willing to do things, then people go, oh, maybe we'll do something with you. Walkers talk to walkers. Yeah. It is, it's yeah, ma- it, it is, is a magnet. Everyone, and everyone. that's why businessmen all know each other. Yeah, yeah. Because I think there's a bit about pulling each other up as well. Mm. Uh, you need to be around other people who do it to pull you up, pull things, you off. Pull you off. <laughs> <laughs> things, there's little things like... Uh, like the other day, I had loads of trouble with our artwork. I'm still having trouble with it. Like our episode artwork still doesn't show up. I've had a look into it and a lot of people's don't. I think it's iTunes are always changing stuff. We got rejected maybe 30 times for this podcast. Like we had loads of trouble with it, but obviously we're all sorted out now. But yeah, I just rang you up. I said, what do you use for your artwork? And you were like, such and such. Oh, right. I had already tried that and it didn't quite work. But like little things like that, sometimes I get a phone call from you. And you're like, oh, um, you know, how do we do that thing? Like, oh yeah, such, oh yeah, that's it. And it's just like bouncing around little ideas. Yeah. And you'll have like someone you think, oh, Nick knows such and such or that's such and such yeah. or this or that. And it, it's just all like a little network really, isn't it? Yeah, and I suppose it is. It's, you kind of inspire each other as you go. Completely. Yeah. And you kind of need that because, like, I think if I was around other people who were, like, really depressed all the time, I would feel depressed all the time. Mm. I go to, like, this Monday psychotherapy group 
And I find if I'm feeling really good, like I have been lately because this has been exciting me, then I go there and it's like everyone's miserable. Like I can come away feeling exactly the opposite and it's like, what's the point in this? Um, but obviously it has its benefits as well. But yeah, if you're around, it's almost like if you listen to miserable music all day long, then yeah. you're going to feel miserable. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes it is nice to listen to like a little bit of miserable music. But well, yeah, yeah, because it can make you feel like, warm and But cozy. it gives you perspective. It can make you experience emotion. Right? Yeah, totally. Like, I, was, I was talking to, um, I was talking to Frank Carter mm. in that on Friday. That's the first <laughs> name. We should get a bell, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Ding. I, I will say, I, I've met Frank Carter and he's fucking diamond. Mate. Like, yeah, like, I'm looking forward met, to it. And him, he yeah. has anxiety. Yeah, and mm. so, and he's, you know, I, I was just, but he was saying about listening to sad music and he was saying, like, do you have, like, do, do you only kind of immerse yourself in that when you're feeling like that. Like, if you're feeling like, why listen to low music? Surely that would exaggerate that and, and it can only make it worse. But I don't but know. there's beauty in it as well. Of course there is, and but think... do, do you have to be low to experience no, that beauty? No, no I beauty quite like is, it as well, like when it crops up. Your doorbell sounds like no surprises. When I push the doorbell... I was like, oh, fucking hell, da, da, da. and I was, I just had it in my head, like that as was I a come nice in. Surprise as well. It was a nice yeah. surprise, yeah. And like, it Give just, it, yeah, it, when, <laughs> yeah, that's why I come. Um, that, like, them little triggers, like, kind of keep you going. Like, even when you're happy and you hear like a little sad song, you're like, oh yeah, I was sad. I remember yeah. that, and then yeah, I don't know, feel yeah. like that today. So, oh, sorry, what, what did he say then? What did Frank Carter say? No, he he was just saying that um, that he he feels that. Um, he, he was very much saying, like, you know, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's film, you know, the, 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 you should immerse yourselves in the emotion of it, um, but not necessarily throw yourself at it if you know you're not in the right place for that at that time. Do you know what I mean? Like this is uh, um, like it's kind of more a lot of therapy now suggests that you don't. Um, Rather than going fight, 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 like, like I'm fighting, feeling sad, or I'm fighting, there's a reason why you feel that way, and you you can acknowledge it and sit in it for a bit. Yeah, you, you know, you don't have to let it take you over. But yeah. it's like, well, I feel sad because, and that's fine. Mm. You don't have to go if you're fighting it. You're almost like it's almost counterproductive, and it's not really yeah. that helpful. It's fine. I think sometimes having a little glimpse of. I feel like this today, I'm all right with it because I know at some point it's kind of going to get better. Yeah. What I've experienced is like thinking, oh, this is going to be so good, especially like work-wise and everything. Oh, I've cracked it and this is great. And then like it doesn't or it changes or it goes wrong or something. Like getting your head around the fact that even if it goes wrong, trying again, like you say, just try something else, pick yourself up, try a new idea, learn what you learned from Make that. And then, yeah, totally. That's exa exactly and it. That's, it uh, that's another thing you were saying to me the other day. And it's like, yeah, well, of course. That's fucking obvious. Yeah, if you don't you don't try, you've got to make it happen, haven't yeah. you? And you've got to do it. It's funny, uh, like, I only listen to In the Navy by... Uh, um, village people. By the village people. That's all I listen to now. It's funny, right? I got a message the other day from someone we both know, and I won't say who it is, uh, saying that almost kind of giving a bit of a dig at what we're doing, saying, like, um, you know, uh, 
I, I have anxiety, but I don't talk about it. You know, I don't think it helps. And I think people just play on it. And I was like, well, that does happen. Of course it happens. But then I kind of pointed out the fact that uh, he had just talked to me about it. Yeah. And he probably wouldn't have ever done that if he hadn't listened to the podcast. Yeah, I had, a, I was like, I had a bloke on site. It works, didn't it? He literally said the words, I don't know what's going on. We never had any of these problems before we had mental health. Now we've got mental health. The world's fucked. Like, what's going on? And I was like, everyone in the whole, in this canteen, like, yeah, I don't know, fucking gays, Brexit, black people, whatever. See, I, I think that, right, I'm going to I'm gonna say something yeah, that I, I drew from your first podcast that I thought was weird. Yeah, go. And so I thought it was weird that you referred to blokes in polo shirts and you referred to blokes on site like... Like they, were like, different. like they were different from if you was an alternative creative musician, something like that. I think they're the ones that need it more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of, I'm, I don't want to generalise about creatives, but I think creative people are generally more open and and and, and, and more expressive. Yeah, it's, but, you know, it's so easy to generalise. And so, and I think that, um, you know, I like you, Brad, worked on site loads and and I don't – I work with people um, – well, he passed away last year, didn't he? Like the fellow I partnered up with on the on the on when I was doing the windows. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the 90s, speaking completely openly about his mental health problems, you know, um, someone in my, my family is very much what you would probably call a bloke, a bloke's bloke, and uh, phoned me up maybe three months ago, just saying like, yeah, I'm, uh, I just keep bursting into tears. Don't know what's wrong with me. Mm. And he wears a polo shirt. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And I think they're the ones that might be being that brazen and trying to adopt that masculine stance as because they don't know how to like, Feel comfortable speaking yeah. to people, totally. Like, and 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 yeah. So I just wanted to no, mention that because it's like, nice, great. That, that, that like, kind of is. I think we we uh, because you you it, it come across to me. I've come on your podcast. I'm digging you. Sorry, no. But, no, but the no, thing is, but, what we we want to set a precedent that like, people do make mistakes. No, you tell me if I'm wrong. No, yeah, no, no. Like, we want to be made wrong, and like, like whoever's listening, we want to we want stuff pointed out. Like yeah. we want to be used as an example. Debate, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Totally, and, yeah. And and yeah, and I I did think that it seemed a little, you know, as if like because you're alternative, you're kind of battling against them people. Well, that's yeah. often how it feels, though. Yeah. And I think all I can do is talk from experience. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, the reality of it is is that um, more than anything else, I've always kind of felt jealous about those people. Mm. If anything, they always seem to have their shit together. They always seem to be, you know, manly. Yeah, and I, I know, and I don't feel that. A, so a, that it, a perception you, of manliness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because no, I, I'm, I'm not yeah, like that. Yeah, that's just my and, perception and of manliness. I think there's confidence. Yeah, and manliness are two different things. That's true, but they do, but they are, they do run in parallel. Yeah, very much. Um, and I think from. For me, it was. I'm just kind of. I, all I can do is talk from my my feelings yeah. and experience. Um, and I agree totally with what you say. 
Uh, and actually, those are the people who probably, that in, in fairness, I kind of think those are the people who could do with the encouraging to yeah. talk a bit more. Because if you look, because you mentioned football supporters, like blokes that like football and things like that. And for me, you... You did listen to it. Yeah. You really uh, fucking listened. Like, yeah. So for you to turn your guitar up to 10 yeah. and go on stage and fucking have it, and I was stood beside you doing exactly the same, yeah. and it felt like the greatest thing ever. It was expressing was yourself. That football? And uh, but is that no different from standing or you standing in a crowd at a Verve show singing "Come no, On" no, at the top not, of your voice? Is that any different from going to watch your football team and singing? whatever chance that your team think you, at the I top t- of your voice. I, I totally agree. I think that's very true. It's, it's, it's expression, yeah, right? It's very, and very it's, true. And maybe them, when you see footballers, like football fans on Match of the Day or whatever, when it cuts to the crowd and their team's been right, they're in tears. Yeah. Is that any different yeah, from yeah. watching Spiritualized play Broken Heart Live and you're bawling your eyes out watching that? It's passion yeah, no, and it's expression, yeah. and it, and it's and it's an opportunity to be like that. Yeah, it, like to go there and to cry because your team's lost. Yeah, like it's an opportunity to yeah. sit have that emotion. That's very true. Yeah, that is you very know true. what? And because when I remember when um, when boys own broke up and you was crying, <laughs> yeah, like, well, who who wasn't? You know what I mean? We're all in bits. I think I think what you say is very true, uh, and I, I totally agree with yeah. you. And what I like, I like the fact that you said that because it makes me think differently. I yeah. see. I go to a boxing club where there's lots of fellas that you will probably be a little bit. Uh, if you'd be, you, you knew who they were before you walked in there, which you guys do, yep. you may have thought, oh, what am I letting myself in for? Going to a boxing club with these players. You've both been in that boxing club and met these people who are quite notorious for different bits and pieces. I haven't. Yes, you have. I haven't been in Like, no, but you've you've met the people. I've like met a the, few, yeah. I have. Nicest people ever? Yeah, definitely. Like, lovely. Absolutely lovely. Uh, Especially Danny, and George, and, Mike. We'll, I we'll, suppose we'll, we we'll, all, we'll, we all we'll, we'll get in a ring with you, smash you around the head, you'll smash them around the head, and then they'll cuddle you and they'll tell you they love you, and then you'll sit there and you'll chat about it, and there's complete and utter love and respect. And, and to me, you know, I get the same from that as yeah. I do from playing in the band or doing things like that. I, I just still find it's something that's you have to have you know you've got to be ambitious and 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 you know and you've got to make the effort to do it and and get better at it and and you've got to be respectful within it and you know and and I, it's it's exactly the same as I what think I got what out of. we did that's is true. we kind of probably generalized to try and get our point across yeah i think and that thinking back does make perfect sense i'm i'm not saying you're right or wrong at all no, 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 but no it was it, it was when i had to no, come like on this, here though, because this because is i thought I, I didn't yeah. want to talk about this is our journey things, this is our journey yeah. and we're learning yeah. so and like, it's funny because uh I, I tend to do this all the time like um i'll make a, a decision or a judgment about it and then i'll actually kind of sit back and think well, they can't help it, or yeah. it's that, and it's that, and then I'll turn myself round. And what I'm actually trying to do now is not be so judgmental, and yeah. actually just try and be a bit more open-eyed mm-hmm. about things. 
Um, and I think what happens is I come from the stance of, um, I come from feeling inadequate and not uh, around those people. Mm. Uh, and that is where my kind of prejudice has come from. But you're totally In their right. environment. So if they come into your environment and they watch your band on stage, yeah. maybe they'd feel that like that was something That's that true. they'd probably yeah. love, love to be able to do, but, yeah. you know, feel inadequate to, to and do I think, that. Um, and then there's the, the other thing about um, the majority. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was growing up at school, every all the boys played football. Yeah. You know, like they all fucking did. Everyone played football. Everyone shared their football cards. And then that made me feel inadequate. So um, I think, so that's kind of where I'm coming from, just to kind of explain that if I said things, if I was making wild judgments, I can only kind of talk from that as my experience. Yeah. But um, I'm glad you say that because it's very true. Like I'm, you know, I often kind of think and I moan about my dad and then I kind of, then I think I put myself in his shoes a little bit and I feel yeah. differently. So, um and I really like the football thing because, like, that's so true. Yeah. And you think it's a, it's an opportunity to feel those emotions. And like, I used to think, well, you know, th- you know, uh, that's just there to kind of feed the masses, keep them quiet. You know, all these things are going through my head. And basically, all I was saying really was, I feel inadequate. Yeah. And it always comes back to all of these things. Yeah always comes back to my own feelings about myself. Yeah. And primarily those feelings are I've never felt good enough. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. Yeah. And that's kind of, um, so that is why uh, it's not about the other people. Yeah. It's really not. And I, I'm glad for you to pick me up on it because if I'm really honest about it and I really kind of search my soul, it's got nothing to do with them. Yeah. It's just all about me and my own inadequacies. Yeah. And um, and I've got to get past that. Yeah. And it's fucking annoying that I'm like 43 and I'm still doing it. Yeah. But that, that that's the reality of it. That's exactly yeah, but what I it think is. that's the reality of it for 99.9%. But yeah, yeah. It, you that, know? No, but everybody... It's the human condition. Yeah, almost. of course. Everyone's going to find themselves in situations that they're feeling inadequate in. Yeah. Probably in, on a daily basis in some way, shape or form. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. I suppose some people are better, better at um, hiding it. Yeah. Or better at getting on with it without uh-huh. it taking them over. And some people are iller than others. Yeah. Um, but that's... That's so, an important thing you just said there. Yeah. You know, some people... Like for me, uh, you know, I I can't cope with things as well as a lot of other people at mm. times. And that, and that's just the fucking, you know, that's the facts of it. Yeah. And some people can. Some people can bounce back quicker than others. Mm. Um, but I think, do you ever think, though, that uh, what's interesting, what you say is that, um, like, the people we're talking about, or other men often, mm-hmm. um, they might come across um, as being more uh, manly or confident, and... And and but actually they're probably dealing with their own little battle inside. Completely. But do you think it's often harder for them to talk about it? Probably. Do you think there's like the kind of stigma that you know they might not want to talk about it because someone might go, "Oh, you're gay or you're a pussy," or they may feel that they look that way. Yeah, I I, I do I do think that that's changing. I do think it's getting better. I, 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 I do yeah. think that there's, you know, lots of campaigns and lots of awareness things and you know podcasts like this that you know encourage people to to talk and I, and I think 
whether it's about mental health or physical health or just your well-being, it's good to talk, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of why because I, you get I to you get it, really. you can get balance from it, and you can get you know it, it's really weird. So I, I was I was just when I was um, getting ready to come round here, and I was just thinking about some things that I'd say because I thought, well, I've not necessarily really struggled with with, with depression or anything like that. I, I had a, a stint on antidepressants for. A month. I remember you saying, and and I and I kind of you you didn't go into it in much detail, but you, I remember like you saying that you'd stopped taking them, hmm. um, and why? Because it 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 you felt it it it, it numbed you, it dulled you, it, dulled it, your senses, and that dulls your drive a little bit. Completely that. And it's funny because I I, I do think stuff that, was washing over me, yeah. and and I and I felt. You know I'm a bit of a control freak, and, and you I, need to be on that edge and, a lot of the time to make things happen. I guess so. I mean, you're talking about me like I'm Golden Gecko. I'm really not. <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. You know, um, I don't mean it like that. But, but, but yeah, I, I do. But, but then I was thinking to myself, well, although I've you know not really suffered with depression, and I'm you know I'm happy that obviously I've never had to endure what. You know, millions of people suffer with daily because it's fucking horrible. Um, but then I thought to myself, well, I guess mental health isn't just depression, is it? And I, and I was thinking a lot of the time during the band and before the band, you know, I think it was 11 years in total, I would drink two bottles of wine, but I'd then go and stick my fingers down my throat and yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. and I had bulimia for eleven years. Sorry, uh, yeah, bulimia for eleven years. And I remember you saying like you spoke to my mum, and she, and she was like, "I think it might be that." Yeah, I remember when you used to do that. Right, and and, and, and was I, it living with that, and like obviously being, was that when you were on tour? No, it was just daily for, right. for eleven years. Wow. And and it was really weird because I just forget about it. And it was only that Pip brought it up that's when I done yeah, Pip's podcast, and. Uh, and because I think when we had Jess Megan on the the, the body positive it, model, yeah, it, it I, come up and, and she was talking about girls with eating disorders, and I was like, "Well, guys can have eating disorders yeah, as well." Yeah, and uh, and so and it was really weird because I'd never discussed it really, and and then Pip brought it up, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I said, "Well, I, I, I don't know anything about it. Only what happened to me. I've never addressed it. I've never." really gone into it or spoke to anyone else that's gone through it and and when I say gone through I didn't suffer with anything with it I didn't like it just become very normal very quickly and but you know it was something that was two two or three times a day yeah I remember yeah you used to have something to eat and then you'd throw up and it was almost like a bit of a joke yeah completely but you know it weren't really a joke not in the slightest but like I would suggest that that's probably all about um, self-image because of course you, it is because uh, you used to be a massive fatty boom boom yeah <laughs> <laughs> is no, that a technical term like, it's it's that's a really easy way to yeah. lose weight uh, and it's not no, no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fucking terrible way to lose weight and it fucks your teeth yeah um, but like I could see 
like you know, I could see why you might have done. Yeah, that. of course. And and then and I've also you know you've oft, you've always been quite obsessive about exercise. Yeah. And you've always been dieting. Yeah. Haven't you? You've yeah. always. Oh my 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 weight is my my problem. That is the thing that I'm constantly uncomfortable with, and you know, and I, and I don't know why. I just guess for someone that's trying to be the best they can be, then I guess sometimes you can't be, you know, you can't strive to creatively do the things that you want to do and and be a parent and a husband and also be a super healthy eater and an exercise freak. It, you know, some you know, it slips and yeah, yeah. and you know, and I easily slip into eating shit. And but it's also a bit about that food offers a, a, a certain amount of reward as completely. well. Completely. If you've been fucking rushed off your feet for a week, yeah, and then on Saturday it's like I'm going to have a pizza, yeah, mm. and it's like, well, like I, I spoke to this uh, this about I spoke about this with my hypnotherapist, and he always goes by the eighty twenty rule is what he said. Eighty percent of the time you're good, twenty percent of the time within reason you should be able to not be good. Yeah. So, you know, as long as the rest of the time you're kind of not eating shit and then 20% of the time you treat yourself, all the time you're denying yourself, you're actually making it worse because you can't have it and then you end up binging. Um, So you're better off just having a little bit of something because it will keep it... Completely. It's it's easier to maintain. Yeah. Which is like the diet that you said. Yeah. That works quite well like that Mm. because my wife finds like she'll starve herself. The worst thing is she gets really like umpy on the starving herself. Everyone's grumpy when they're hungry though, right? I'm not. Uh, (laughs) But then I... But I started doing it. I started... She was doing really well with it and, you know, you haven't said, but I've lost some weight. Um... And uh, obviously, we did think it when we fight, we did. Yeah, no, I know. I, I text you. I text you, and I was like, I, I, did, Look at his I did, in all honesty, when you come around the other day, thought, oh, Nick's lost some weight. Yeah. So, but what's happened is I've, I actually feel physically much better. Uh, I don't feel as kind of heavy, obviously, but you know, like you just don't. I don't feel as heavy around my waist. And I've got this thing that I still want to be waffer thin rock star. Mm. But I know, like, I think once you hit a certain age, if you look at Dave Grohl now, he's not fat, but he's not like thin. You just fill out a bit of age, don't you? I think like you shouldn't judge, but I always think in those circumstances, probably gets woken up in the morning, maybe like it's got a couple of hours to exercise, sees the kids or whatever. Like their days are kind of a bit more structured. And that's my biggest um, want in life is a a day that structured. Yeah. To have the time and the time at the same time of having the energy, to go, right, because I know you run quite a lot, don't you, in the morning, Stu? Yeah, I'll try to, yeah. Um, like, that's a dream for me, to be able to sort of... I mean, I get up early. I'm up, like, half three, four o'clock. If the kids haven't woken me up, then I'm up that's off, like, shit. driving up to wherever for work and stuff. Work, I think, I blame for a lot of those problems. But then when I speak to other people at work, they're like, oh, yeah, I went for a run this morning, but then they haven't got the two kids. So it's kind of like it's getting the balance right between it all. That's the holy grail. Um Painkillers, yeah, uh, and um, crack. Self-destructive. I've got a self-destructive thing in me where, uh, so if I don't eat all day, I like it. Yeah, see, I, like I struggle. Like I'm literally constantly um, looking around for the next bit of food. Good. It's not good. And if I where 
had arse problems and it's kind of come back. You're talking about you've been doing this recently? Yeah. And, um, but I actually, I've started eating a bit better actually, but, uh, like I, I've stopped having lunch, but what I've done is because I did go for a period when I was hardly eating and then I lost loads of weight, but I was taking loads of painkillers. I didn't have any kind of appetite. And, um, when my arse hurt, I started to get a bit frightened of eating. So that's why, that's why I lost, lost weight. I've started sorting it out a bit now, but that was a mental thing. That was mm. like totally. That was, and then there's that self-destructive streak comes in. It's like, well, see how long you can do this. And then I start feeling quite pleased with myself. Yeah. And um, and then I'm like, uh, and then I start liking that it makes me feel bad. Yeah. And it's just that fucking self-destructive element of my brain that's like, well, you're a cunt anyway. You might, you know, if it kills you, you know, you fucking deserve it. And I, I just, uh, I, I go through these cycles with everything I've noticed. Um, but I have kind of sorted that out now. I have started eating, but that's how I lost all my weight. It was, that was a mental thing. I was frightened to eat because every time I shit, it fucking hurt. Yeah. So I wasn't eating. And then I was taking loads of painkillers because my ass fucking hurt. Um, and then I just lost weight. Yeah. And I lost loads of weight really quickly. It's, I don't advise anyone to do that. Yeah. No. But that was totally mental, you know. Yeah. And uh, the thing is with food is um, often um, with bulimia and those kind of things, it isn't. It's it's the the control element is the thing. Mm. Mm. So I know someone. I know someone I've known for years, and she uh, had issues with bulimia, and that was because her life was fucking chaos and it was awful. And the one thing she could control was what she ate. And if she was thin, she felt better about herself. And it was just about control more than anything else. And yeah. quite often it is in those cases. It's rubbish. It's proper it's pretty rubbish. pretty awful. And I, um, it's just fucking shit's fucking mental, isn't it? Shit <laughs> is fucking mental. Did you, I don't um, know what else to say. Did you have anything else around yours, Stu, when in and around that time? Or do you think it was just down to like self-image and everything else? Yeah, just thing? completely that. Just yeah. completely that. Yeah, just wanted to be thin. That's totally understandable, though, because uh, like, there's no reason why you as a man shouldn't experience the same things that, like, you know, young women now are bombarded constantly on, like, social media with pictures of what they should look like. It's, like, it's ten times worse. But it's not just them. People often, like, oh, I was watching something at work the other day, which I shouldn't have really been watching this morning, but I was. Uh, and it was about, like, you know, like, Young women feeling like they can't, you know, they can't do this and they can't do that because they've got to be thin. But and you they, said you've long wanted to be a, a skinny rock star. Yeah, no, 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 That's no. This is what I'm getting at. This is what I'm getting at. And then like, the adverts were all of, you know, beautiful thin women. Um, and then they were like, uh, and I was like, that we get that as well. Mm. We get that as well. I mean, women might get it more blatantly but through the media but men get that as well and as men are becoming a little bit more relaxed um you know they look after themselves more i think it even gets worse doesn't it because yeah, i think if you, you look see at it the... on the internet as well you know all these hunky guys and but if yeah. you look at the stats of like i think it's oh, i'm gonna do some chris glass and guesswork here mm-hmm. um it's it's quite Weird, the amount of eighteen to twenty-five year olds that are teetotal, um, yeah. because in it, you know, in the industry that 
are working with the clubs, oh, you, that on your... you know, you see that the trends in, in clubbing has changed now, whereas... So don't sell as much booze? Well, I, I guess it depends in what venues, but I'm, I'm quite venue. sure, if, you know, I think a lot of people are very conscious of their their trip to Ibiza or their trip to whatever country they're going to on holiday to have that beach body and 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 yeah and I, I do think that people do physically look after themselves a lot more than they ever have done i i work with or have worked with lots of kind of people in their like late teens very few of them drink yeah or if they do drink it's very occasional they're not that interested in it. They'll smoke loads of ganja mm. and they'll do other things, but they're not fucking interested in drinking. And like I had colleagues who were like show off to them about how much they drink. You know, like we might. You know, like we had loads to drink. Um, and they're like, "Well, you're a pisshead, then. What are you doing that for? Like, why are you showing off about that?" And like our generation, we might have done that more, but I find like the younger generation, they're really not interested mm. in it. Do you think that might be like the change? Obviously, there's no, I, think I don't think there's as many alcohol adverts and stuff like that, and the way the branding's changed and everything else. I, 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 a lot I, I, of people like they look, they see like people outside pubs being pissed idiots, and they think, "What a prick!" Yeah, I just don't think they're impressed by it. Like, yeah. like maybe we were. No, I think that going out has changed dramatically anyway. I think, you know, if you look at when we were younger, Nick, and we'd go out, we would have a drink somewhere, a cheap drink, to yeah, get ourselves halfway there. there but, you know, it's, it's, it's important, I guess, to point out that we wasn't going to clubs that were driven by ecstasy and you know no, it, no, we was no, we was going to jump around to guitar music yeah. and that's generally beer fueled that sort of alcohol fueled that, that that indie clubs yeah dance clubs like, um, i can't imagine they well, make much behind the bar well they're obviously you know the, the, the ecstasy's far more focused on on dance music that was more my music. bag really yeah, growing up and it was just well, well i don't know i really liked the refreshing taste of beer so i did i always sort of had both mm. but, um yeah it, it does make you wonder like what the actual sales would be in comparison but, to yeah, how much like actual pills they sold so now if you look at the reasons that you went out you went out to hear music that maybe you couldn't hear you wanted to hear new music you wanted to uh, hear some of your favourite records. Most of all, I went out because you told me I was coming out. And like, <laughs> I'll be around in an hour, all right. And then you'd you'd also want to go and meet girls or mm-hmm. or guys or whatever you know you you you're interested in. Uh, so nowadays, you could go to a, a club and spend however much on booze, or you could go to a supermarket, which is. One of the main yeah, respons- reasons that nightclubs are dropping like flies, yeah. buying a, a case of beer for like nine quid yeah. and sitting indoors with your mates, creating Spotify playlists of any music you want. Mm. And you can chat to all the girls on Twitter, Grindr, all yeah. of these apps. And you can just meet the ones you want to meet. Wow. That's very true. Yeah, I suppose. And know, it eradicates. It's a change of culture, isn't it? It eradicates. Not that I've ever been one of them people that could, ever went up to someone and went, can I buy you a drink? I could not. I didn't I've never that. done that. No. I'm scared of women. No. I don't know no. how that even happened. I think that's just in films, you know. 
No, people did do it. Dennis yeah, no, obviously, did. but yeah. I don't think it happens as much as he, like, people make out. He had an approach that was, if I yeah, throw I enough, Dennis... if, if I throw enough shit, something might stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he had no. Well, if he did, he never let on that it affected him when someone would just be like, can you leave me alone, please? What I like, this is that our friend Dennis, is uh, he is kind of a little legend in his own way. And uh, he was, uh, and he, he's not uh, far from the typical masculine man, is he? No. He was like a, a Damon Albarn indie kid. Uh, and uh, uh, You've been very kind about him there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, he, he was always amazing that he would go and like, Chat up and pull the most amazing girls sometimes, yeah. um, and off you know, and not. But uh, it was later on when I learned through someone he he did go out with is that he would just keep going on until they gave him, which is potentially abuse. <laughs> yeah, maybe just until like, oh come on, I'll, I'll snog you just to shut you up. And like, and as as we got older, like sometimes I think he might snog him when it's shut him up. Because he's dreadful. <laughs> and he's going on about a flat earth last time I saw him. And he, he just will not hear anything. He just will not. He, all he'll do is say what he's saying. And he'll keep saying it until in the end you're like, all right then. I was driving to um, the, the club one night with him. And he was on his second can of uh, Tenants Extra. Um, super, super, not extra. Super. Uh, he was on his second can of that, and he pointed up in the sky and went, "Fucking, that's a UFO." I was like, "Ah, it's an airplane, mate." And he <laughs> went, "That's not. That's a UFO." I was like, "Well, you've had two cans of uh, tenant super. I'm driving <laughs> and I'm looking at an airplane in the sky." I was like, "That's an airplane, then." Yeah. Oh no, no, it's something. Yeah, that's a UFO. And you think he's going to argue it? Like, and he'll argue it until until <laughs> well until you get home. He'll just keep going. Yeah. Oh, talking about booze. Uh I'm quite hungover today, by the oh, way. Yeah. yeah. What did you do last night? Uh I just went and had a couple of beers with uh with Mr. Price and uh uh-huh. Mrs. Price. I didn't do it. I watched uh I watched a film with has anyone does anyone watch Parks and Rec? No. I love no. Parks and Rec. Oh, you've got to watch it. If you haven't watched it, you've got to watch it. If yeah. you like The Office, it's really like... If you like The American Office, it's kind of like that. I'm just finishing The American Office well, now. It, I've, yeah, I've, that must be the second time because I've watched yeah. it before. Uh, and this is basically... It's like that. It's got loads of really good characters in it and it is just kind of crazy. Though. And it, if you like The American Office, it is. It, yeah. I was... Uh, at points, not all the way through, but at points, it is just as good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, well, there's a character, Ron Swanson, and you'll love him. Uh, and I watched the film with him in it. That was it. No, yeah. <laughs> really boring. Still not him. starting on the American Office yet. I still, really? I can't still oh, get my so head around good. it yet. Oh, so I mean, good. I love Steve Carell definitely, but don't get me wrong. But I still, it, it, I, I suppose I I've got to look it. at it as its own entity. I like it as much as the British Office. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. easily as much. Yeah. yeah, there's more characters in yeah, the American exactly, one. Exactly. It's like everyone in it is a really good character. Yeah. That's what Parks is like. Everyone's a really good character. And I think the thing is, I think in life we tend to like characters. Mm. We like people. Yeah. We like people's stories. We want to know about Yeah. Them. 
And that's why the best comedy is character driven. Yeah. Like, you know, like sometimes sketches and slapstick and that, it just don't really yeah. don't it's touch me. It's got a place, but it's little, it's not very long lived. Like, look at Afterlife, Ricky Gervais, like the storytelling in that and the, the arcs of the, the well, yeah, characters. Yeah. And it don't have to be funny all the time. No. Like, my daughter's watching Friends again. Uh, well, she's watched that a couple of times, like everyone. And I, I watch it with her sometimes, and I'm like, fucking good characters. You just get into the people and you I care about think, what happens. I think Friends is arguably one of the yeah, greatest sitcoms like, ever. I think we yeah. both were well into Friends yeah. when it was on. It, well, I, I was late to it. I remember when it first came out, and I just weren't watching I went into it. And I didn't, I think it was on a Friday night, so I was always working. Yeah. And then I watched a couple begrudgingly. And I was like, oh, this is really funny. Mm. And then bought off all the videos and, yeah, and that was it. Yeah. I just had them on. At that point, I couldn't go to sleep unless I had something on. I remember that. And, and so I, I would have videos on to fall asleep to or music. Amazing. And then the minute I got with my missus, and I was like, she told you to fucking right. turn it like, off. Probably, what the hell are you doing? I was like, what? Just, <laughs> I remember you telling me about that. She was like, turn that off. And I was like, <laughs> put the telly on for And then all of a sudden, it was like, hello, darkness, my <laughs> old friend. And I was like, <laughs> insomnia. Geez. I used to watch, um, and I, I used to borrow, like, there was a girl I worked with, and she used to get by them. Uh, and get them as they came out, and this yeah. was how long ago it was. And then she'd watch them and lend them to me, and I used to wait for it. I was working in the kitchen, I used to have two bottles of wine a night. I used to sit indoors and um, cry my fucking eyes out watching Friends, thinking, like, thinking, oh, I'm really, you know, really jealous of Ross and Rachel. <laughs> and like, I, 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 in those days, I used to cry a lot. That's lovely, though. And um, and that used to make me bawl my eyes out, especially a bit when they, they first get together and they've got U2 going on in the background. Yeah. Like. But yeah, I used to watch that and have a massive cry. Do you know what it's did in... me is the bit when the monkey's in hospital and he's choked on the uh, Scrabble pieces oh, yeah, and he's, he's like, oh, he's got an O and a K and everything. And one of them goes, oh, I think he was trying to spell monkey. <laughs> and then they play uh, the Eagles, New York Minute. And like yeah. my dad used to like the Eagles anyway. And that, mate, that hit me straight in the nuts. Like, it really yeah. got me. I love that. But like, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're almost like, it makes you feel good. Like, it's sad and yeah. stuff like that, but it and makes that, you feel good. That goes back to Afterlife with, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Ricky's quite obvious of his music choices in that and Derek, like that final scene in Derek where where, where he gets, stops the car and chases after his dad to fix you by Coldplay. Yeah. It doesn't matter how obvious it is. I'm balling my eyes yeah, out. Yeah, totally. And like, that yeah. song always gets me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's a great oh, yeah. song. And I always think about when we should have been at that gig. Yeah. The video, where they filmed the video, we we were going to it. What, Coldplay? Yeah. I'd love to see him live. I, 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 think, I thought that'd be amazing. It, it, we saw twice, did we? Yeah, we saw... Um, with Ashcroft and then with Idlewild. The first time we saw them, they were amazing. second time, they just looked tired. We saw them, uh, We I think it was like Wembley Arena, and we were downstairs, and it was brilliant. And then the next time we went, we were, uh, I think it was... Um, Earl's Court. Earl's Court, and we were at the side. Yeah. And it weren't as good. Ah, it's rubbish. But like the first time was brilliant. But you used to get free tickets to stuff, and yeah. you used to get always for Coldplay. So like I went to see him at... Like, Shepherd's Bush Empire on the first album. I saw loads at the beginning. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks to you. Mm. Yeah, that, that that gig we went to where Russia Blood had yeah. just oh, come yeah, out. That's their best album. Like, was, that was a really good gig. It really was. Like, yeah. It's a very soppy album. I love that album, though, and I still listen to that 
quite regularly, yeah. really. I probably could put that on once a month. Yeah, I go back to the. I always go back to the first album because it's just like it's got bits of me in it, like heartbreaks and good summers and. Yeah, just reminiscent of like child, well, not childhood, but yeah, growing up and coming yeah. up through. But that's what music is so brilliant. Right? Like I've put posts on, like on the socials about how brilliant music is. Yeah, it just is. How fucking brilliant music is. It's that, the quickest it, thing that affects me emotionally. Yeah, it's like it's transcendental. I got caught out because I I can't do with hearing crowds sing at gigs. It okay. breaks me. Like if I hear the crowd singing, ah, oh, if I'm in it, even worse. But I was talking about there's been no great British pop stars for years, and so I was talking about Pulp, and I said Jarvis was the last great British pop star, mm. and I put on them at Reading, I don't know, ten years ago, um, playing Common People, which I think's what like one of the greatest so pop songs ever made. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and there's that middle eight where. Which was taken sing off the single it. edit. Uh, you'll never you're gonna, under- you're gonna have to sing it. You'll never understand how it feels to live your life with no meaning yeah, or yeah. control and nowhere left to go. You're amazed that they exist, but they burn so bright only you can you only well, they wonder cut why. Vocal bit out of the single <laughs> and like and yeah, yeah. That's not on the the, the single release. That's, that's the full amazing. version. What, yeah. what? How long was the mid late then? Well, it's part it's of the f- yeah song. because the full song has also got the. Um, uh, the bit that break I want to live with come on people oh, like yes, you, la, 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 la. and yeah and, and I just and, and lyrically that's amazing but just hearing the crowd and there's just it cuts and Richard Hawley's just playing guitar for Pulp obviously uh, and he's just he's, he's lost in it and and I don't even think you need to have had an experience as a musician to to understand that I think you can just get it when people are it's for real and mm. like and it's and it's like oh yeah and that i saw the other day and then literally i just I burst into tears i was it's, like fucking hell, why, good am, feeling, I, why am i crying again I love that's that almost like as you say it's almost like the football chart isn't it it's yeah, yeah. so i'm gonna like, play you, you when this is it. finished i'm gonna play you hibernian hibs fans singing sunshine on leaf by the proclaimers and it's one of the most emotional things you'll ever see I do love yeah, I, I love yeah, it I, when there's football yeah, chance and that. I, I, I do I like I might it. I'm going to turn around here. I'm going to stand up for the weirdos, but maybe not. Well, no, it's <laughs> like... I'm, maybe, I, I'm quite pleased to have that debate, though. Yeah. And I, well, is that our hour? Yeah. That is. So, do you know what we do on our episodes? We literally set a time for an hour. Right. When the time goes off, we stop. It's like a therapy hour. No matter what we're talking about. It's done. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Thank you for coming along, Stuart Whiffin. Thank you for inspiring us to do podcasts in many ways. Oh, yeah, very, thank very. You. It wouldn't have happened without you. No, it really is. Thank you for like years of friendship. It is because of you that we've both, all of us have done like yeah, a lot of things. Be, we wouldn't be here together, would we? Nice. Um, and that's why it meant a lot for us to have you on as our first, first guest. guest. Cheers, man. First ever. Feel um, privileged. And obviously we're just going to take our clothes off now and um, go at each other like we as we normally do. Cheers, mate. Just got to let the valves warm up, everyone. <laughs> Just let them warm up.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.